Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew 1. If not, we've got it on the screen behind us, and you can follow along and read with us. Matthew chapter 1 is the first place in the scriptures that we hear this name, Emmanuel. And I'm going to go ahead and read it. It's on the screen. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. That's an important detail for later. Sorry, hot cocoa. And said, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The prophet that he's referring to is the prophet Isaiah. It's in the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14. He's quoting scripture now. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, let's say it all together, God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Well, if this is your first time in church or your first time in church in a long time, uh, you might be a little bit confused because you're like, here I was my whole life, and I thought his name was Jesus. And now I find out his name's Emmanuel. Which is it? Is his name Jesus or is his name Emmanuel? Great question. The answer is yes. (laughs) Let me explain it to you another way. I've got a friend. His name is John. And uh, we were in Mexico a couple years ago. And uh, we rode on the mopeds, even though our pastor told us to not ride on the mopeds. And uh, while we were riding on the mopeds, John hit a rock in the road, catapulted off his moped. His helmet flew off. He hit the floor going 40, 50 miles an hour, bare head. Um, he started hemorrhaging right there in front of me. We rushed him to the hospital in Cozumel, which is not really a hospital. It was like a room. And um, they were able to take some scans of the head, and the scan showed that there was bleeding in the brain. At that point, we called his dad. His dad had great insurance, worked for the hospital. We got on an emergency jet from Cozumel, Mexico, to Tampa General. We made it in an hour from Mexico to Tampa. We had, at that time, we're calling everybody in church that we know. We're putting it on Facebook. I don't even know if they had Instagram back then. I don't think so. But we put it on Facebook, put it on MySpace, put it all over the place. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and, we, and we just let people know, hey, can you pray? Can you pray? Can you pray? By the time he got to Tampa General, they took another scan of his brain. Not one, not one ounce of blood was dripping from the brain. We had one CAT scan in Mexico with blood, the other completely healed in a That'd be a great time to praise God. I don't know if you believe in miracles or not, but it happened. I was there. I saw it. 
It was crazy. Here's why I bring that up. Because I told my son this story years ago. I told my son this story about this guy named John, good friend of mine, who almost died. And so fast forward to this week, we got some members of the church who came over to help me at the house with some landscaping stuff. And I say help me. I was inside working on the sermon. But I love y'all who came. The best. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. And um, one of the guys who came, who came, his name was John. And so, so my son, who's a talker, he just loves to talk. If you've ever met Justice, you need to know that about him. Don't start a conversation with him unless you've got 20 minutes, okay? And so he starts talking. John's trying to work. And, and eventually my son says, oh, so what's your name? And he says, uh, my name's John, at which point my son gets all serious. <laughs> and he says this sentence, but he says this sentence in the present tense when he meant to say it. In the past tense, he's like, you're getting in an accident. Your, your, your brain is going to bleed. They're going to throw you on a plane, and then God's going to do a miracle in your life. Now, John, <laughs> who was just there to help out, he's thinking this kid is the pastor's son. He probably has a relationship with God. He is, fortunate. He is prophesying over my life right now. John was all giddy. All of a sudden, John's like, And there's like dead silence for like a minute. Thank God my father was there who knows the other John. He knows the other John because the other John lived with us for like a year or two. And so my father cuts in. He's like, no, 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 you're going to survive. You're going to survive. He's talking to you. He's like, he's talking about the other John. He goes, he goes to Jesse. He goes, no, you're talking about big John. That's what we call him lovingly. So big John. And, uh, and we call him big John because, you know, he's got a big heart. Got a big imagination. He's got a big body. So we call him Big John. And he said, No, you're thinking about Big John. Now, Big isn't on his birth certificate. John is. But how many people know there are some names we have that identify us, and there are other names we have that separate us? If you were to say Joseph, 10 people in this room might be like, Yeah, including me, because that's what the first J in, Joseph, in JJ stands for, Joseph. Um, and you and, and I would be me and ten people. If you were to say JJ, probably me and three other people would stand up. But if you were to say Pastor JJ, then I'm pretty sure you're talking about me. This is important because the name Jesus was a very common name in the biblical times. Archaeologists have found 70 other tombs at the time of Jesus' death and resurrection that have the name Jesus on them, but 69 of them are, 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 are still a body in them. Come on, somebody. There's only one that's still empty. In other words, Jesus is the name that identified him, but Emmanuel is the name that separates him from everybody Else. There were a lot of good little Jewish boys walking around in the first century AD, but there wasn't a lot of God little boys walking around. It separates Jesus, and it doesn't just separate Jesus, this name Emmanuel, God with us. It separates Christianity from every other faith in the world. I know I studied religion, religion and political science. Those are my two majors. I loved it. I studied religion in a secular university at UF, Go Gators. All of my teachers were atheists. Guys, atheists taught me the Bible. 
Yeah, and I loved every single second of it. It was really, really good. They were really, really smart. And, uh, and every time I got to class, they were trying to convince me that God wasn't real. And I was like, get away from me, Satan. But it was so good. <laughs> they really taught me so much. And I studied all the faiths. And I just wanted you know, I studied Taoism. I studied Confucianism. I studied Buddhism. I studied Kardashianism. All the religions. All the religions. I have covered every single one. And I want to tell you what separates Christianity from all of them. All of them offer you a book with rules and say that if you follow the rules in this book, you will get to heaven. Christianity is the only faith that says there's no way you're going to be able to follow these rules. And so instead of telling you how to get to heaven, I want to tell you that heaven came to you. Heaven stepped out of its glory. Heaven stepped out of its perfection. Heaven made a way where there was no way. Emmanuel, God. God with us. He stepped out of heaven and became the bridge for you and for me. What a beautiful name that separates this faith that we have. It's a name that's embodied in the concept Emmanuel, God with us. And it's embodied in the story of Christmas. Now, I love Christmas, but I got a little challenge in preaching the Christmas story to you. And my challenge in preaching the Christmas story to you is that you heard it before. And how many people know it's hard to, to pull truth out of what we're familiar with? Very hard. That's why if you're a teenager in this place, that's why your parents, no matter what they tell you, you won't listen. Not because their advice isn't good, but because you've heard it so many times from the same person. But let a celebrity tell you what your parents told you, or a pastor tell you what your parents told you, or a celebrity pastor tell you what your parents told you. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, what a great point. No, not a great point. The same point, just a different person. And I want to tell you the point of Christmas this Sunday, but from the perspective of a different person, and I think you'll get it that way in a special way like you've never heard it before. We've heard this story from a lot of different perspectives. You know, we've heard it from the story of the shepherds. Maybe you have, if you ever watched Charlie Brown, you heard that version with the shepherds in the field and we were so afraid and all this, and the angels come and you've heard the perspective from the story of Mary, did you know, right? You know that perspective, but there's one perspective. It really doesn't get enough credit in the scriptures. And I don't know if I'm a little bit biased towards this perspective because I am a father or I'm a little biased to this perspective because I'm a husband or a little biased to this perspective because my name is Joseph, but I want to give you the perspective from Joseph today. And honestly, the, uh, if Joseph was, if the Bible was a movie, let's be honest, if the Bible was a movie, like at the end of the movie when the credits roll, how many people know Joseph, jo Joseph would be like way down at the bottom of the credits? He'd be like right next to like, like the assistant to the assistant costume designer. You know what I'm talking about? Like no, no disrespect to any costume designers in the house, you know, um, but uh, he'd be right there at the bottom. Yet, if, if, the, if the movie started in the New Testament, in the opening scene, you would think Joseph was about to be a co-star because there's no name in the first two chapters of Matthew that is said more than the name of Joseph. There's only one name that's said as many times, and it's Jesus. Now, granted, we never hear from him again after chapter two, but that's not the point. The point is that when, when, the, when, the, when the scholars, when the people who created the Bible, or God obviously inspired it, but after from prayer, they put the books in order. When the people who decided, okay, if we're going to teach people about Jesus, what's the first book we should put in order? They put the book of Matthew, and the first, tickets to Winter Park if you want them. They're there for you. Uh, 
the first story they put, listen, they tell the Christmas story is from the perspective of Joseph. The fathers of the faith thought that his perspective was that important. You know why? Because I think his perspective is your and my perspective. I think you and I are Joseph. Because to be honest, he's the only person in the story we can relate with. Can't relate with Mary. She is a human with the living God inside of her. And you can't relate with Jesus. He's the living God with human on the outside of him. Joseph is the only one that's just human. Everybody else is like, well, I got an angel. And this person's like, well, I'm God. And then you got Joseph just trying to understand it all. <laughs> and he's just a human. And he's the only one who's like, okay, can you run that back one more time? So you were sleeping or you was awake? I was awake. Okay. And who came? It was the angel. An angel came. Okay. And what did he say? He said that I was going to get pregnant. All right. And I'm not going to be the dad? No, you're not going to be the dad. Who's going to be the dad? God. So dad's the God. Yeah. Okay. And who's the baby? God. Well, is God the baby or the dad? Both. You lost me. I'm out. Right? Listen, but we tell the Jesus story and we tell the nativity story like we're all just supposed to believe this thing. Like I've seen pastors preach it and they're like, and he got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Next page. Next page. Let's move past that. Let's just believe that. We'll just move on to the next thing. I'm about to. Like it's hard to believe. Like this story. And Joseph is the only one who's like, can we run that back? And I think we take it for granted sometimes that there are things, because we hear it, whether it's on a, on a TV special or whether it's when we open the Bible or a friend that shares a story of hope with us. And we're like Joseph. We're just, a, we're just a person, just practical. And we're like, I'm sorry, this is hard to believe. And so I got a question today. I know they sing the song, Mary, Did You Know? But here's the subtitle of my sermon. Joseph, did you doubt? Because I just got to know. Like when you guys were having breakfast and she was sitting at the table and you were eating breakfast, but you were like. Don't eat so fast. Could kill God. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, just got, I just got questions, you know? And the crazy thing is Joseph really wanted to believe. The Bible says he was going to divorce her quietly, like a, he was a just man, like he really wanted to believe, but, 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 he, but, but, he, but he couldn't. And a lot of people say, well, well I, th I, think he did, I think he didn't doubt. Well, why don't you think Joseph doubted? Because he, he brought her home. He brought her home. He did the right thing. So there's no way that he could doubt. Well, I don't know about that. Here's what God told me. He said, you know, you can do it and doubt it at the same time. How many people can testify to that? You can do it. Hey, you can... You can sign the lease for the new car and doubt how you're going to pay for it at the same time. Feels good when you sign it. Then you get in there and you're like, okay, your kids are like, can we get McDonald's? And we're like, we're never eating out again. <laughs> Sandwiches at home, everybody. You don't need a Happy Meal. You got toys. <laughs> how many people trying to get in shape, trying to get in shape? Come on. Eating right, doing exercise. Not a lot of hands. I bet we'll get more hands for this one. How many people started off this year trying to get in shape and doing, yep, a lot more hands, about twice as many more hands? Hey, how many people know, listen to me, you can diet and doubt it <laughs> at the same time. Listen, I went to watch Star Wars uh, this week, and when we went to go watch it, yeah, it was all right. We went to watch Star Wars, and, um, and when we went, she's like, I'm going to go get a snack. 
And now typically that just means popcorn. Guys, she came back. Starbursts. This was a throwback. I had to have this in years. Butterfinger bites. When I saw the butterfinger bites, I'm like, she's going through something. She's going. But I don't want to say nothing, you know, but she, and she's been on this thing. And she's been on this diet. She's been working out, been working out every week for the whole year. It's amazing. Congratulations to you, baby. You look fine. You always look fine. But now you look fine. It's, uh, and I'm just going to have it for you. And I um, hope that was okay. And, and so I didn't say anything. And then we went home. And then she brought it up. She was like, you know why I ordered all that candy? I was like, no, I was wondering why you ordered that candy. She was like, because I weighed myself this morning and I didn't see the progress that I wanted to see. And so I thought, the heck with this. The heck with exercise, the heck with diet. Because <laughs> you can diet and doubt it at the same time. Can I get serious for just a second? How many people know you can do marriage and doubt marriage at the same time? You can kiss her goodnight. You can say all the right words. You can make him breakfast. You can be intimate every so often. You can come to church every Sunday and still when you go to bed wonder, did I make the right did I make that decision? Is this it for our love? Is this it for our relationship? Has it, is this the end? You, you can do it, guys. You can do marriage and doubt it at the, at the same time. How many single people know you can do single <laughs> and doubt single <laughs> at the same time? And it all depends when they catch you. you know? <laughs> If you're in a good mood, you got Beyonce on blast. I'm a single ladies. I'm a single ladies. Just on blast. I love being single. Single's the battle. I don't need a man to complete me. Woo, single. It's me and Jesus. I don't need nobody. Nobody. It's me and the Lord. Me and the Lord. We'll make a shirt for you. Jesus is my boo. That's what we're getting to. It's an anthem. If we catch you on a good day. Don't let us catch you 10 o'clock at night on your third box of popcorn, binge watching the third sequel of Christmas Prince, laughing and crying at the same time. He's so funny. He's so cute. Where's my prince? Oh, my single lady does. How many people know you can pray for healing and doubt your healing at the same time? You can come to church and doubt. You can start a church <laughs> and doubt the church at the same time. Y'all, I wish, I, I wish you were there in our very first launch meeting. We, we rented a, uh, we started this church three years ago, September 18, 2016, and we rented out a coffee shop. And uh, the second time we did it, we had like 40 people show up, but that's why we did it at the coffee shop so we could tell people it was packed. <laughs> it was 40 people, but it was packed. And I remember standing in front of those people with all the confidence and faith. Jesus is going to change the world through journey church. It's going to be amazing. We're going to baptize. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. And then I would get home in the car, Royal Liz, and I'm just like, nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. Same day, same time. I used to have the same nightmare. It was a recurring nightmare. It happened all the time. And it was, it was that happened the week of launch. Every night I had this nightmare. And it was that I would come up from those curtains, and then I would come here, and no one would be here. There was just five people in the front row, and it was my mom, my dad, Liz, and then we were so sad that we took the kids out of Journey Kids, and we made them sit there so we got more people. I want to speak to anybody that, here's what I'm preaching to today. Here's how you know what the sermon is for you. You're doing it and doubting it at the same time. There's something 
that you want to believe in, but your belief in that thing is leaving you wanting. You're hoping for and at the same time losing hope in. Is there anybody who can relate to what I'm talking about? You're really wanting to believe that your son and daughter is going to come back to Christ. You're really wanting to believe that you're going to get better. You're really wanting to believe that you're finally going to get out of bankruptcy. You're really wanting to believe that my family is going to accept me for the way I am. You're really wanting to believe that things are going to change and be different. But the more you believe, the harder it gets to believe. If that's you, I think this Christmas story is going to minister to you today. Because we, we all don't get Mary's story, okay? I don't even like that song. It is theologically inaccurate. <laughs> Mary, did you know that your baby boy? Yes. <laughs> she absolutely did. She definitely knew. Because her story wasn't like Joseph's story. Can we just read her story really quickly? Luke chapter 1, verse 26. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. A town in Galilee. So in Matthew, we get Joseph's perspective, which is the first perspective the Bible wants us to get. And then in the next book, which is Luke, or the third book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, third book, we get Luke, and it's Mary's perspective. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, town of Galilee, to a virgin to be pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Look at verse 28. And the angel went to her and said, time out. Time out. The angel went to her and said, oh, so she gets an angel. Well, didn't Joseph get it? Did Joseph get an angel? No, what did he get? A dream of an angel. Joseph got a dream of an angel, and Mary gets an actual angel. Listen, it's not hard to doubt when others experience what we only dream about. She gets the angel. I got a dream about an angel. I, I'm starting to doubt. I don't know. I had a lot of dreams this year in 2019, and I have accomplished nine out of 10 of them. Yeah, I dreamed that we would reach hundreds of people for Jesus, and over 200 people have given their lives to Christ this year. I dreamed that we would baptize over 100 people this year at Journey Church, and we've baptized 99 people. Next Sunday is Baptism Sunday, and if nobody, I'm being baptized. If nobody, because we're getting over 100, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to finally cross that barrier. I was only one dream I had this year, and it's a little vain. It's a little maybe not spiritual enough for you, but uh, just being real, one of my dreams this year was that I would finish out the year with a six-pack, <laughs> and I have been working hard. I've been bulking up. I've, I've gone through, I go through like two barrels of protein a month, okay? I hit the gym five days a week, and the closest I've been able to get are the top four. No matter what I do, I cannot see those bottom two. And I am at the point where I think it's just made up. <laughs> those bottom two abs are just a myth. They're make-believe. Right after the top four, your leg muscles start. I'm convinced. <laughs> it's just not, it can't be. I wish. But I can't think that. I wish I could think that because ignorance would be bliss and it would be beautiful. But I got this app on my phone. It's called Instagram. And there are some people on this Instagram that apparently can afford to go to the gym 
but can't afford to buy shirts. <laughs> and I see them with their shirts off, and some of them don't just have six, some of them got eight. And it's discouraging because if nobody was experiencing it, then I would think that the goal was unattainable. But when I see other people experience it, I know that it's possible, which then leads me to the question, if other people can get it, then why can't I? Here's the one that keeps us up at night. Then what's wrong with me? Then what am I doing wrong? Where did I make the mistake? Where did I drop the ball? It sounds silly when you're talking about abs, but it's not as silly when you see a marriage that's going great and yours isn't. And we both go to the same church, we both in the same small group, and I tithe more than you. <laughs> but, you're, but, God, but God's blessing your marriage and mine's falling apart. Right? It's not the same when you're single. And, and you're and you, on the feet, and your friend just found somebody, and A, they're not as funny as you. B, you got better grades than them in school. C, you're way better looking. D... You love Jesus and they don't. <laughs> and you're like, it's not fair when I'm seeing what other people, when people are driving the car of my dreams, owning the home of my dreams. This is the one that gets me. When I see parents who have kids that are actually behaving, I get so mad. Where am I failing? <laughs> Here's what really, I love Pastor Joey. This is what gets me mad about Pastor Joey and Zelly all the time, is that he always posts pictures of his daughter, Joelle, in worship. And if you've never seen Joelle in worship, Joelle, hands raised, tears down her face, crying out to Jesus. Ah, okay. <laughs> Problem is, I've got kids too. And so I look at my kids, and you guys are way early. It's like 12 minutes on that clock. <laughs> cool. We can all just stand out here for the next 12 minutes. I look at my kids and I'm like, in worship, and I'm like, lift your hands. If Joelle can do it, you can do it. Why are you not crying? Cry for Jesus. Cry for Jesus. Right now. Pass the sun better. Be spiritual. <laughs> just frustrating, man, because you're like, you're like, I gotta, isn't it frustrating when other people are seeing it, and other people are experiencing, and other people have got it, but you and I don't, and we're doing everything right, and we're following all the rules, and we're going through all the instructions, but we're not having it, and you begin to doubt. You're doing it, but you're doubting it. Am I being a good parent? Am I doing this right? Am I a good friend? Am I a good husband? Am I, go am I a good student? Am I a good business leader? This doesn't seem to be working out. I'm going to, because you got to understand, it's a dark moment right there. It's a, it's a dark moment. But in that moment, the words come. In that moment, I want you to capture that. The Bible says that, 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 that Joseph at that point, oh, by the way, check this out. Luke chapter 1, verse 56. This is after, after Mary goes to her cousin Liz. And Liz encourages her, right? And because and, uh, and, and, Liz has a pregnancy too. And her baby's John. And when Mary walks in the room, John just starts going in like a praise break, like inside her belly right there. And she's like, ooh. And then, Mary, and then Liz is like, oh, you're the mother of God. And you are highly favored. And you are blessed. And then look what happens in verse 56. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. I never saw that in Scripture before. She was engaged and she stood with her cousin for three months months 
You know why? She's thinking, how am I going to tell Joseph? And after three months, she comes home. Now let's get back to Joseph. Poor Joe. (laughs) Fellas, can you imagine being engaged and not seeing your fiance for three months? And then when you do see her, you send her an email, you know, or maybe they had email, you sent her a bird mail, donkey mail, you sent her mail, and then she finally, I'll meet you at the town gate tomorrow when the sun is three quarters over the earth. And then she goes, how did you do time back then? I don't know. And then they come, and then, and then she's there, and he sees her, and then she's walking, he's going, okay. Mary looking a little thick right now. spoken in three months. I get it. You know, about to get married. I bet you had a great bachelorette party. Hope it wasn't too wild. And then she's like, well, got to tell you something. We're going to be the parents of God. And then Joe is like, oh, man, I've been meaning to tell you something too. She's like, yeah. It's like, I think we should see other people. I've been thinking about this for a long time, and uh, I think it's time to see other people. Do you get it, though? And then he's looking at her, and because and, and, you got to see it, because I want you to catch that, because then the Bible says that he was getting ready to divorce her. You know what happens if you don't interrupt your doubt with hope? Eventually, doubt will lead to divorce. Now, I want to be very careful because we have people who have been divorced. We have people going through divorce, going through separation right now. And I don't want you to judge. I'm not judging you. I'm actually glad you're here because you can help me convey the pain of that moment. When you're in a situation you never would have imagined. The darkness, the hopelessness. You know how hopeless you have to feel to think this will never work no matter how much time. And I want you to see it from Joseph's perspective because it's in that moment that what? Emmanuel. I need your help, Vicky. Yeah, come on up, my sister. Come on up. We can play. That's cool. You can come up without shoes. <laughs> you can play. We're good. <clears throat> this is my sister, Victoria. She is pregnant. And I needed a real pregnant person to illustrate this point to you. And even though I'm your brother, my name is Joseph, and you're not my wife, I can't call her my wife because she's not pregnant. Right? <laughs> God has done bigger miracles, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, so anyway, so I needed you up here because I need you to see it. I need you to see a pregnant woman because it's the only time you can see Christmas from Joseph's perspective. What do I mean? Every time he saw Mary, he saw her pregnant. And every time he saw her pregnant, he saw his doubt. The same way every time you see maybe your spouse, you see doubt. Or the same time, every time I didn't talk about this, you look in the mirror, you step on the scale, and you see and you feel doubt. Every time you look at a kid, every time you open your bank app and you go to the checking account, hey, am I right about it? And you see and feel doubt, insecurity, where did I go wrong? What choices did I make? I need you to catch that moment because it's in that moment. Emmanuel. In other words, 
She's pregnant. With who? With who? So I see her and I see my doubt. But if I stare at her long enough and I hear the words, Emmanuel, now I'm not just seeing my doubt. Now I'm seeing God in my doubts. It's not just a dark moment. I'm realizing that God is also in the dark moment. And not just is he in the dark moment, but guess what's happening in the dark moment? The doubt that I thought that was there to destroy my faith, I look at it another way and I realize the darkness isn't destroying my faith. The darkness is developing my faith. Right now, my faith is being developed in the darkness. My faith is growing hands so that I can, in faith, help other people even though I'm going through hurt. My faith is developing feet so that I can step out into the will of God even though everything doesn't make sense. My faith is developing eyes so that I can see the miracle when there is no miracle, so that I can see a way when there is no way. My faith is developing a heart so that my faith can have compassion so that I'll never think that all the miracles that God gives me in my life are just for me but they're meant to become through me so that I can bless other people God with us in the darkness God with us in the pain God with us in the suffering God with us in the hurt God with us when I'm lonely God with us when I'm broken God with us when it doesn't make sense God's with us when I feel like giving up God's with us when I don't have the answer. God's with us. He's with us. He's with us. He's with us. I'm doubting, but at the same time, he's with us. Hey, stay standing. You know, this is why we celebrate Christmas on December 25th. It's not like Easter. We celebrate Easter on different dates every year. Last year in 2018, we celebrated uh, uh, Easter on April 1st. (laughs) Ultimate April Fool's Day for the devil. But this year, we celebrated Easter on April 21st. You know why it shifted three weeks? Because we know when Jesus died. Jesus died on Passover. And Passover is a Jewish holiday that's connected to the rotation of the moon around the earth. It's a whole thing. But it moves. The reason why we celebrate Easter on that date is because we know when Jesus died, but we don't know when Jesus was born. So all the theologians got together and they said, okay, well then when are we gonna celebrate the birth of Christ? Because this is a pretty big deal. And somebody said, I got an idea, December 25th. And all of the people came together and they said, amen. They praised God and they understood it. You know why? Because December 25th is the week of the winter solstice. What is the winter solstice? Oh, please receive this. It's the darkest night of the year. And so all the forefathers of the faith said, how can we adequately convey the picture of Christmas? Oh, I know. Let's take the darkest night of the year and let's tell the world that in the darkest moments, there's a God who's willing to step in to the darkness. He's willing to step in to the hurt. He's willing to step in to the loneliness. He's willing to step in to your divorce. He's willing to step in to your separation. He's willing to step in to your cancer, to your 
is there. He is there. He is there. He is there. He is there. I'll say this and we'll pray. Can I encourage you? I didn't bring a message today about a God that can change your situation. You want to hear that message? Come back on Easter. Because Easter was the day the world changed. I really felt in my heart to preach a message, not of God changing your situation, but God stepping in your situation. God being with you. Because how many people know there are some things that I can, I can get through if, if, if I got the right people with me. And here is the word of the Lord today over your life. Little girl, little boy, and listen, even if you're 80, Father God is talking to you. He's been around a lot longer than you. I met somebody in the lobby, 98 years old. To that lady, I say, little girl, daughter, son, I can't get you out of the womb yet because you're still developing. But I want you to know, while you wait, while you suffer, while you pray, while you believe, while you break, while you cry, Emmanuel, I'm with you at the same time. At the same time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're wrestling with that, I want to encourage you to lift up your voice with me to God today. I want to pray for you. Father God, we believe that you're here with us. We believe that you hear us and we entrust our life to you. We ask that you would, would meet us today right where we are. We ask that you would step into the darkness right now. We ask that you would, you would show us your presence. We've been praying for the miracle, but this Sunday we want to pray for something different. Not the miracle, just be with us. That could be the miracle. That you surround me with your peace. I'm still waiting for my answer. I'm still waiting for the salvation. I'm still waiting for the healing. But in the meantime, I want you to know, Jesus, you're enough for me. You're enough for me. Even when I don't see it.
Maybe your relationship with God isn't exactly where you want it to be. and You feel like you're too far to have a relationship with God because when you open your eyes, all you see is darkness. Let today's message be a message to you that darkness is kind of where he lives. Darkness is what he came to be in and no one is too far from God. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, one more time, I want you to, I'm gonna, when I count to three, if you're in this room today and you will identify saying, I, I feel his presence here. I can't put a, a finger on it. Is it the music? Is it the lights? Is it the atmosphere? Nah, what you feel right now, that's Jesus. Jesus in you saying, let me in all over this place. If you want to receive Jesus in your heart, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand as a signal. I need Jesus in my life. I want to change. I want to be different today, forevermore, all over this building. When I say three, one, shoot your right hand up to the sky. Two, all over this place. One, two, three, right now. Shoot your right hand up in the sky. Come on, I see that hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, If you raise your hand, we want to pray with you. Worship team, help us pray. Journey Church, help us pray. Choir, help us pray. Father God, Father God it's dark right now. It's dark right now. I feel dark right now. I feel dark right now. But today, but today, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, I receive you into my heart. I receive you into my heart. And I decide from this day forward. And I decide from this day forward to walk. We hope you've enjoyed this message and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.